Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Greeks put Eros and Aphrodite together, uh, we know them as Venus and Cupid. Now, y'all know where I'm going? Valentine's Day is coming. You know where I'm going? The Greeks put them together. So when you think of Valentine's Day, listen, Valentine's Day has a pagan connotation because of the word Eros. Now, there are all kinds of stories about Valentine's Day. Some say the day was named after a Christian martyr saint named Valentine, who was a priest during the third century and was killed. But the celebration actually goes back to the Roman holiday celebrating the Greek god Eros. The Roman holiday is Lupercalia, Lupercalia, or something like that. Wikipedia, go find it. It's there. We call it Valentine's Day. Our country loves it because it's just another day to get your cash. Somebody say amen. That's just another day to get your money and buy roses and chocolates and cards. Did you know that Valentine's Day, listen, is the second most popular card sending day? On Valentine's Day, 150 million cards are sent. It's the second most popular. Somebody tell me, just tell me right out. What's the first number one popular day? Mother's Day. Nope. Christmas. And then I thought Mother's Day too. Christmas. So another Greek word, so we have eros, another Greek word is for love is phileo, brotherly love. We have the word philanthropic. We have the word Philadelphia. And then there's the word agape, or some people pronounce it agapeo. It is the highest form of love for the word love. Um, agapeo or agape speaks of divine love. It speaks of God's love. Jesus is speaking to Peter. And note this, saints. He passes over the words eros and phileo, and he chooses agapeo, agape. Jesus says, Peter, do you, are y'all following me? Peter, do you agape me? Peter, do you love me with a God kind of love with all your heart, mind, and soul? I love J. Vernon McGee. Can you believe it's been 30 years since he passed? J. Vernon McGee. You you guys know who J. Vernon McGee is, don't you? Okay, good. I love J. Vernon McGee. He said this. He said, it is wonderful to have the right doctrine and the right creed, but salvation is a love affair. If you do not love him, there's no affair. I love that. Now, I want you to understand that Jesus isn't trying to embarrass Peter. Peter knows that, and he tells us years later, love covers a multitude of sin in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. He's not trying to embarrass Peter, but Jesus is restoring Peter. And we learned that right here on the beach in Galilee. 
Jesus picked him up, dusted him off, reinstates him, and recommissioned him. Remember, Peter and the other disciples were commissioned to ministry. Peter lost his commission when he denied the Lord. Remember, he was warming his hands around the coals of fires of the enemy. Jesus said, feed my sheep, Peter, if you love me. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. That's another way of saying you're still on the job. Now, it's interesting because it was by the Sea of Galilee. Listen to this. It was by the Sea of Galilee around the coals of fire that Jesus restores or recommissions Peter back to ministry. It was around, watch this, coals of fire that Peter lost his commission by denying the Lord three times. Remember the little girl came up to him and she said, uh, don't you know, Jesus, you, you were hanging out with Jesus, weren't you? And Peter said, oh, no, 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 I don't know the man. Well, later on, somebody said, oh, yeah, you were, well, I think yeah, you were hanging out with him. You, you kind of sound like him, too. And Peter's like, uh -uh, I don't even know the man. I never met the man. And then another little girl came up and said, yeah, you were hanging out with him. I saw him and Peter cursed the little girl out. <laughs> Peter, something else, y'all. Something else. Jesus puts Peter back in ministry. So Jesus asked three times, and it looks like repetition, but each time it's actually different. Notice the first time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than these? Jesus is asking Peter, do you agape me more than these? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Peter used the word phileo. Did y'all get that? Jesus used the word agape. Peter used the word what, saints? Phileo. You got it. Peter says, yes, Lord, you oesis, complete knowledge. You know everything. Peter says, Lord, I love you like a brother, phileo. Jesus says, well, then feed my lambs, nourish them, and take care of them. Verse 16, the second time Jesus asked, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Notice Jesus changes the question. He doesn't ask more than these. Jesus says, okay, Peter, do you even love me like a brother? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo. I'm fond of you. Then Jesus said, feed my sheep. The lambs are grown, full grown. Jesus said, okay, Peter, then govern and shepherd and care for my sheep. Look at verse 17. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me like a brother? And this time, Peter was grieved because he asked a third time. And Peter said, Jesus, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know, Jesus is always concerned with people, pastors feeding his people. Can you imagine what God thinks of the church today? Nobody's getting fed. People are starving. Do you understand most churches in America today, do not teach the word of God. If you're not studying the word of God, then the people are starving. God has always cared about his sheep or his people being fed. I think of Jeremiah as the nation had turned away from the Lord because the leadership, the pastors, the Church folk, the pastors and ministry had fallen away. Jeremiah 3.15, if you're taking notes, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah 23, 3 through 4. 
but I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them who will do what, saints? Feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Write it down, Ezekiel 34 deals with the issue of God putting shepherds over his people. Were you with us at men's breakfast yesterday? Uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack any good thing. You believe it. I shall not want. See, this is an exhortation to every minister. Are you listening? Every pastor, every teacher in this room, feed the flock of God. Feed them the word. Somebody, can somebody say a better amen than that? Feed the flock of God. Feed them the word of God. Don't feed people your opinions. Don't feed people spiritual fast food. Don't feed them pie in the sky. Blessings that's going to come to them if they give money to the work of the Lord. Uh, God is going to send them blessings. Uh, and you can get out, give God 10, 30, 50, 60, 100 fold. Uh, you don't know uh, what I know. Uh, God can do uh, what he's there to do. I'm back. Don't feed people all of that. Not unless all of that is shrouded in the word of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Feed them the word. Paul told Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, meaning be ready to teach at the word at all times. I tell my pastors on staff and they know this. Keep a sermon in your back pocket because you never know when Pastor Ryan's going to call you up and ask you to fill the pulpit. And I don't give him a lot of notice. Intentionally. I don't give him a lot of notice. You know what? If you're a pastor, if you're a shepherd, then you're going to want to be studying God's word. You always got a, a, a word turning over in your heart. Somebody say amen. You always got something turned over if you are called and you're a pastor. So when I call you up to preach, I'm not going to give you a week's notice or a month. Well, in a month from now, I need you to preach. Nope. If I need you on Wednesday, I might call you Wednesday afternoon. Say amen, Nelson. He's sitting right here. You're like, no, I ain't lying. I wouldn't, like, like Pastor Ted, I wouldn't lie up in this pulpit. <laughs> I love that. Yes, sir. Me neither. Me neither. No, I'm not going to give you a, 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 a week. I might if I'm going to surgery or something or something's going on. But other than that, you need to keep a prayer wheel turning in your heart and a sermon in your back pocket. Be ready, Paul said, instant in season and out of season to preach the word of God. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me more than these? Now, what are these? Some say these nets, boats, fishing lines, bait these fish. Or more than you love your livelihood or occupation, Peter, do you love me more than you love your own life? Some say these are the other disciples. We're not sure. We're not sure what more than these are. And maybe God left it that way. Because Deuteronomy 29, 29, write it down, important, the secret things belong to the Lord. Don't you know there are some things that God does not want us to understand? There are some things that, that you, your little pea brain can't even handle. Say amen. amen. Some stuff God show you, something you just implode. You can't handle it. 
And you ain't supposed to handle it. You're not God. God calls you to trust him, not understand everything about him. And by the way, if you could understand everything about God, then you should be God. Why would you worship something that you can understand everything about? I worship God because there's a lot about God that I don't understand, which makes me go, man, I am low and he is high. And he is greater than I am and I'm, I'm, I'm down here and he is God. He's up there. I'm down here. The secret things belong to the Lord. Some things you're not made to understand. But listen, every one of us has a more than these in our lives. Every one of us has something that takes your attention and takes your time. huh? Work, gaming, Facebook, Facebook. For some folks, Facebook take up their time. I know it because they post um, getting ready to make some peas. need to know that you're about to make some peas and then after you make your peas then you take a selfie with your pea pot <laughs> it's like I don't need to know whether you're making peas or not. who cares about your pork chops I mean you need to get a life you, you know what you got a more than these problem okay because you put in Facebook and your peas before the Lord everybody has a more than these maybe you know music maybe you write music for the Lord that can be a more than these. How do I know that? Both services a day. That cannot be wrong. I said this both services a day and both services a day. Someone came up to me and said that they're more than these ministered to them when I said music. You can be writing music for the Lord, for God. You're doing this for God. And it's still more than these the music is before God anything that you put before God is more than these anything your wife your children your job your work your uh, Facebook it does not Facebook scrapbooking uh, I don't know why I came up with that one but it just hit me that way Anything that you have before God, you have to be careful that you don't spend more time with these than with him. Jesus says, please somebody say amen. amen. Jesus says, Peter, are you devoted to me more than anything else? Peter, do you love me more than you love your very own life? Do you love me enough to trust me to be your Jehovah Jireh? Do you love me enough to get back in the ministry and serve your savior, Peter? Do you love me that much? And it always works in this order. Love, then serve. Love, then serve. Love the Lord and then serve his people. And that's why some people come to church so grouchy. Because they ain't spending time loving the Lord. I ain't talking about nobody here, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about those people. The first and second service people, not you guys. <laughs> not you guys. Never, never, never not you guys. They come to church so grouchy because you've been spending time with these. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? What, what, you're spending time with these. You got to spend more time with him than you spend time with these. Whatever these is, you know what these are. But you're coming to church to serve his people and your these are overwhelming you. Now, Jesus asked three questions. Notice Peter responds three times. Jesus gives Peter his commission three times. So some ask, why three? Well, possibly because Peter denied the Lord three times. And now he makes his affirmation of his love for the Lord three times. Again, we really don't know. 
But look at verse 18. Jesus said, Peter, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will be stretched out. You will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Notice when you are old, you will That's the operative word, will stretch out your hands and another will gird you. And they will take you where you don't want to go. Look at verse 19. John gives a commentary and he said, Jesus said this signifying by what death Peter was going to die. He told us what he was saying about verse 18. Jesus is telling Peter that he's going to become a martyr. And Peter, your martyrdom will bring glory to God. Listen, the tone here is that there's no doubt what's going to happen in the future. After Jesus said this, he said, follow me or keep on following me. And let me tell you, look at me. Let me give you a little bit of history about Peter. Peter was taken during the Neronian, um, the reign of Nero in Rome. He was taken to the Mamertine dungeon which is under the regular dungeon, Mammer time, which is under the regular dungeon. Keep in mind, Roman imprisonment wasn't a sentence under Roman law. It was a, it was a temporary detention until trial and execution. Church fathers like Eusebius and Tertullian tell us uh, that Peter was chained to a pole and kept knee deep in human waste. History tells us during this time, Peter hadn't laid down to sleep in nine months. Tradition also tells us during this imprisonment, Peter led 41 guards to the Lord. His health and body was wasted and withered. And then they took him out to crucify him, but they took his wife first to crucify her so Peter could watch. And while they crucified his wife, he said, remember thou the Lord, O woman. Remember thou the Lord, O woman. And then as they took Peter, he said, I am not worthy to die like my Lord. So they turned his cross upside down and they crucified him upside down. Jesus said, Peter, you will be stretched out. You will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Look at verse 20 and 25 and then we're done. Then Peter, returning around, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. John, please tell us it's you. I am so, I'm so tired of this. This has been going on for two and a half years now, okay? The disciple whom Jesus loved is John. Peter turned around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. John, just say you, man, following, who also leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betray you? And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Then the same went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. But if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple whom testifies of these things and wrote these things and We know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And the church said, amen. Before you shut your Bibles, Jesus and Peter are walking and talking. 
John is 90 plus years old and he's still holding on to that disciple that Jesus loved thing. That just is nuts, okay? John never forgot. Did you get this? John never forgot the night that he sat with Jesus and he put his head on his chest. And maybe he's remembering the smell of spike. Now, you ever like smell something and it reminds you of something? And he, maybe he's like remembering the smell, the spikenard that Mary poured over him or remembering Jesus' heartbeat. Look at verse 21. Just like Peter, Peter said, Jesus, you told me what they're going to do to me. What are they going to do to John? I love Peter. Jesus said, look, you, you told me what they're going to do to me. What about what they're they going to do to him? <laughs> Jesus said, even if he lives until I return, that does not affect you. Now, in the Greek language, that means mind your business. <laughs> See, if y'all knew Greek, you would, if you would read your Bible a little more, you might know some of these things. You just don't read the scriptures enough. That's your problem. It says mind your business. None ya. <laughs> Jesus said, Peter, you focus on following me. Isn't it true some people aren't happy unless they're directing somebody else's life? Now, keep in mind, when John wrote this letter, Peter was already with the Lord. John probably just got back from his trip to Patmos after being boiled and banished. But interesting, Jesus didn't tell John what would happen to him. In verse 24 and 25, John says, my testimony is accurate and incomplete. John says, the account is selective and not exhaustive. The events are actual, not theoretical. The purpose is specific, not vague. The whole universe is a living library that only begins to tell the story of the God's son. And when we get to heaven and we see Jesus, I think we're going to realize then if everything were written that should have been written, the whole world couldn't contain the books. Listen, I'll leave you here. The song that we do here at Calvary Chapel called The Love of God. And uh, it's a great song if you know what I'm talking about. And the third stanza in that song is important historically. Because the third stanza was found written, listen, on a wall in an insane asylum at the beginning of the last century. The other stanzas was written around the third stanza um, by an unknown author. And the third stanza says this, could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made where every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. And so the history of the song goes like this. Frederick M. Lehman, author and composer, was attending a revival. And the evangelist closed his message with the third, with the third stanza to this song. And the words were moved Mr. Lehman and others that they went back to California and they picked up a pen and paper and they sat on an empty lemon box and they added the first two stanzas. Now, here's the interesting thing about the third stanza. Originally written on the wall of an insane asylum in Hebrew and Aramaic. 
written like a Jewish poem found penciled on the wall. So someone wrote the words on the wall and an insane man who knew obviously Hebrew and Aramaic interpreted the words and we have the song now in the English language. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made with every stalk on earth a quill and every man ascribed by trade to write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry nor could the scroll contain the whole. Go stretch from sky to sky. And John says many other things. And signs were done. And so much was written, but we have enough here to bring us to the place of belief in Jesus. And that in believing, you may have life through his name. That's why John wrote the gospel of John so that we could have life through his name. That's the gospel of John. And the church said... You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.